0: Hey everybody welcome back to constant agitation your weekly podcast i'm jimmy and as always joined by eva hi everyone uh, sorry for the late start today eva got a booking yesterday for a shoot uh, that kind of was in the same time slot as the podcast <laughs> and uh, yeah it was you know work is work so we had to push it a little bit the plan was to do it at nine but then i took a very very powerful nap uh, when she was away and I was supposed to be preparing, so when she comes home, we'll be ready to go live. but then, yeah, the nap was way too powerful, <laughs> so I basically started <laughs> prepping at night i'm still I'm still buzzed from that nap i i, I mean
1: I'm, I tried to call you for an hour, and it was like you were gone to work. another dimension, i think
0: <laughs> definitely I was definitely i was like maybe two three dimensions, you know in, in. deep.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah, we hope not all of you are sleeping already.
1: It's the summer nap. Summer naps are nice.
0: Yeah, it was it was warm and toasty. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about today. Most importantly, we have to announce uh, the giveaway winner. Yes, exciting our First stuff, giveaway, right?
2: Yeah.
0: So we we um, tallied up the entries, and we got fifty-seven. Yeah, entries. Uh, <laughs> the monster Hi Devin. Yeah, I was I was I was in dark places. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> I'm I'm really still like I still not fully awake. It's going to be, gonna be a fun episode. Yeah. Let's hope I don't get myself into I'll too, too to much be, of a trouble.
1: To be to uh, be alert.
0: <laughs> right. It's not wise that I have to click all the buttons here today. Uh so, yeah, so let's get the giveaway uh, winner announcement out of the way. Yeah. Uh, first thing first.
1: 57 entries. Yes, we had Some 57. known people, some of the people that apparently were following us for some time, but they were shy and never commented. Or So it's very nice to see that uh, people care.
0: Yeah. So we had, you found this uh, random picker.
1: Random name picker, yes.
0: And we have all the entries here. Yep. Then I'm going to copy... So here, all the entries that we were able to like verify that it's a real account.
1: Mm-hmm. They are not showing, by the way, but yes, so you know. Oh,
0: no? Yes, no. they are on the right oh, side. Oh, no, yes. Yeah. Sorry,
1: it's uh, the delay, I guess. <laughs>
0: all right. And then I can put them here. Yeah. I tried to get a, s- a drum roll sound effect. Drrr, but we I can found, do it. I found a bunch of them. They have the <laughs> brrr, but they don't have the <laughs> at the end. So I was like, no, nah, it's not worth it. It's not worth the trouble me putting in. <laughs> If it's not gonna give me the last, like you know, <laughs> the snare hit, then <laughs> what do you call it? Rim shot, I guess. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, let's do this. All right. Are Hi, everyone
1: are... that join us. You are being witness of the random <laughs> picking of the of the giveaway right. winner.
0: You wanna do the drum roll?
1: <laughs> do. You... <laughs> <laughs> This is awkward. You, yeah. You ha- you're so
0: much more excited and full of energy than I am. Yes, for sure. Like, it wouldn't right. be a drum roll if all right. I all right.
1: did. All right. Yeah, by the way, we have there the three step randomness process certification in case anybody wants to have <laughs> proof that we are clean. We yeah. have it. Okay. Oh, so hold on a, hold right. on a second. Hold on a second. I just
0: realized I forgot something very important. What did you forget? I forgot my, uh, my style light Oh, I don't know what you call ah, There you go. Yeah, there you sure. go. Now it's much better. <laughs>
1: All right. your key light or no it's not key light it's, it's fill spotlight or no I, I don't know, know what to call whatever it. fun light
0: alright give me a drum roll okay <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da. Ta-da. Wait, wait we have we to scroll down. Down. down wait and the winner is and the winner is <laughs> uh, what did I do
1: <laughs> no no it's there don't worry
0: I clicked the wrong button
1: no it's there I see it Arias <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, r- Crash. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's an uh, uh, Insta giveaway, Insta um, entry, I guess.
0: I think that's the guy or girl. Yeah, this there is it. There you go. Oh, cool photos.
1: Nice.
0: Well, congratulations to Arya Satay pra- Prakash. Prakash,
1: yeah. Arya Satay. That's a, a
0: very difficult name to me to read yes. when I'm still like not fully awake. So excuse me, Aria. I'm going to call you Aria. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we will... Can I send them a DM right now?
1: Uh, I uh, how do I believe send somebody? In the three dots, I think.
0: No, here? No. So
1: I, you have to follow them, maybe?
0: Okay. If I do this oh there, I can send the message. Yeah. Hey... This is very interesting, Connor so I'm gonna oh no, I can just keep you here. You can tell us uh, how was your shoot?
1: My shoot, you mean my my concert shoot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was very nice. Um he was incredible guitarist from Brazil. And the thing is that it was supposed to be one hour, seven to eight. So Mm -hmm. I thought okay, put it the podcast at nine, I come home, we have time to prepare nicely. But Is one of these persons that is so passionate about what he's doing that when he's on the flow, he just didn't stop. He continued and continued and one song and another song and it was 8.20, 8.25. I'm like, when is he going to (laughs) finish? And also you could feel that the concert wasn't done because the energy was still kind of like on the low side. And, you know, these people really end concerts with like amazing tracks which just gives you like all the energy to to go from there. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this is not happening yet. And then it was like, I think 9... 25 to 9 or something and then he just started like going super strong and fast (laughs) and like he he was he was playing so intensely that video
0: that you sent me i just saw it yeah it was crazy intense he
1: was playing so intensely that the guitar was getting out of tune while he was playing and he was tuning it while he was playing crazy it's a virtuous person of the guitar it's called Yamandu costa if any one of you like guitar Yamandu costa yeah Yamandu costa
0: Okay, I think I'm mis I'm mishearing the the the, the pronunciation. Yeah, Mandu. Okay, can you spell it out for me?
1: E y a m, y a n, Mandu.
0: Yeah, space Yeah, I can Costa. see it. Yeah, Mandu Costa.
1: He's been nominated for the Grammys at some point. This guy. Yeah, it's just like, and he is. He seems so fun. He was making jokes in between the faces and the and yeah, he see, was yeah. hugging the guitar while he was playing at some points like incredible he seems A- really fun apparently he l- he didn't go to school or anything he was just playing guitar since he was five years old that's all he has ever done just playing guitar is in insane
0: yeah i mean that that clip it was like what 15 seconds it yeah, sounded like there was seven people playing the guitar and I'm, like i'm not easily impressed because i'm into guitar i've been watching guitarist plays uh, play my whole life like i don't know if anybody's familiar with the like the g3 concerts i used to wait for these like crazy yeah. and i know these are electric but still like that's where a lot of people do crazy no, th- but stuff it,
1: like yes like yeah but when i
0: saw that clip i was like whoa i can't believe i missed this and
1: this because when i started recording in that track he had already go down in the tempo what? and a little bit down in in the picking in the in the arpeggios but it was just like n- insane like it
0: was crazy because it sounded like he was playing fast arpeggios with a solo together it, yeah 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 so because good. he
1: was using these fingers independent of these two yeah, fingers yeah. so he was playing a different rhythm the, the with them, these with two, the, with and the then, then these ones, ones with their pages crazy <laughs> crazy like <laughs> like i would get like goosebumps when i was at the concert so it's been really nice to be photographing it
0: <laughs> right that's so cool yeah. i wish i went uh, yeah but uh, i had business in other realms <laughs> so yeah so um That concludes the giveaway, I guess. Mm -hmm. What do we have to do next on the schedule? Oh, I have some... I'm have. i going to go back to Instagram. How do I do this? Hold on, let me turn off the display for a second. Mm -hmm. And if I go here...
1: You are going to show us your photos of the day?
0: Yeah, so I have a few favorites. Nice. All right, of the week. Of the week, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, so um, Mm -hmm. this one is by... I think his name is Axel. Yeah, Axel P., uh, he's relatively. I mean, he has a thousand eight hundred mm-hmm. followers, decent amount. Deserves more, I feel. And I really like this photo. Uh, I think you're gonna like this profile. I. St- I don't know if I was following him a while ago or if mm-hmm. I stumbled into it, but um, a lot of these like nicely composed, like Very this one is really nice, nice and cool tones as well.
1: <laughs> the tones. Them Every tones. time
0: I, like now the word tones is just unusable anymore yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i don't find another tagline <laughs> i don't think i used it as as uh, as much before you know the wor- before it became frowned upon <laughs> <laughs> because i see it in memes all the time it's in, in, ingrained in my brain and i want to use it seriously and i'm not allowed yeah so I no i mean it. it's
1: a uh, let's just maybe call it the color grading or the color choice or yeah but
0: that's not what i mean
1: you mean the vibes <laughs>
0: no i mean the tones (laughs) or the hues can i say the hues yeah yeah because like you can like the color like the this blue or this kind of beige yeah and this white with the kind of like cyan because of the water layer over the white stairs
1: Mm -hmm. so pretty there are
0: specific hues of these of these colors right they're not uh, it's not just any blue or any you know there's a there's a way to have these and i don't know if they're edited or if they're lap scans or whatever i mean i i, I, just re- enjoy I
1: really love this shot like also even the shadows of the can with the shadows on the stair in the end like everything just feels yeah these two together. parallels yeah, yeah these two parallels there whereas you have all the curves on the other direction so you have like it's a baroque, lines it's and a, curves and it's
0: it's a baroque diagonal like yeah. because you have mm-hmm. this one here and the that perpendicular one. here yeah even though this one doesn't align, it's a parallel of the 90-degree 90, uh, 90 one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, it's my favorite composition. Like, yes. it's, it's just so fun to shoot with. Um, I, uh, yeah, so I think maybe that's why this Im- image caught my eye. Mm-hmm. And I like the off-balance of it. That kind of makes it more interesting mm-hmm. with this kind of sliding in a way here. And Yeah, so I really like this one. Really cool. Uh, what else do we have? we have? We have actually… Two from friends of the channel.
1: Mm,
2: nice.
0: That we like really cool people that we met on Discord as well. Mm-hmm. The first one is Gwendal, and I don't know if you know. It's Herluk. Herluk. I okay, think yeah. it's Herluk from. I think it's the same from person. Yeah. That? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the same person. <laughs> I mean, his profile. <laughs> yeah. Is full of cool stuff. This one I really like. He posted a while ago. He shared one on Discord. I was hoping that he posted it, but not yet. Of this collection here, when he shot a bunch of uh, thirty-five uh, panos? panos, he got some accidental ones, but he got one, and I don't know if since he didn't share it on social media, mm-hmm. I was thinking of asking him, but I forgot. <laughs> he, he he took some panos, and I think the film kind of tilted inside the camera, mm-hmm. and so you have a like a level horizon, but the film itself is like this. Uh, so it's
1: like it? a picture taken in horizontal on the on the panel?
0: Yeah, 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 but the but the the film is not aligned with the horizon. Oh, okay. And I really like it. I you saw it in the I in think. The yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hi, Lucia. Oh, it is him. Uh, yeah. He's he he's confirming that he has a lot of aliases. <laughs> he has really cool stuff. I really love these open. Those ones, yeah. Uh, Those, that one is one of my the favorite. Beach. I love it. And like he doesn't often post color, but this one. Look at these colors. Look at these stones. <laughs> <laughs> i mean no th- really i really like it um so yeah uh he has a bunch of those i think this is the one that i first showed no it's a different one
1: this one's so, so pretty so pretty i really Actually, like now how open they are we, that we're here looking at this kind of photo i got a question from someone that wants us to address it in the podcast uh, even though they didn't leave the question themselves um how to meter for the sky on film yeah. especially if you are using a camera not like a spot meter or something like that like just
0: remember what it's gonna be yeah (laughs) just remember the ev of the sky it's easy right yeah i mean it's often gonna be it depends on the time of the day or the direction where you're pointing in the sky Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be between like depending on where you live and what time it is anywhere between 13 ev and 21, 23. That's not so crazy. That's a, it's a really big range. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> instead, so
1: you can just sky and not get anything of the rest.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm assuming you're not going to want to shoot point only uh, on the sky at the, like, well this is noon. an
1: interesting question because someone also in the discord they were discussing if you have these like very magnificent clouds you know like they have a lot of body and they have a lot of different tonality within them how do you do to meter so you actually get the most amount of the tonal range in, in that frame and it's just talking about clouds and sky and that's also interesting do you actually try to the mid tones do you try the so, so
0: because here um Gwendal is mentioning that yeah. I point your camera up and down and compare the values. So that's yeah. assuming that the camera has a built-in meter. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you was, were they, because I, from the way you phrased the question, I thought they have like a handheld uh, incident meter.
1: No, 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 just like with the camera. Okay, with well, yeah. the camera,
0: is pointed at the sky.
1: Yeah, but then you might get overexposed, underexposed on the other parts of the of the image if you want to have some detail also in this bottom part and not well then you do exactly what Uh, he's saying that mm -hmm. so
0: basically you take a reading towards the sky take another reading eliminating the sky Mm -hmm. and then you know this is your mate like i mean most cameras have spot so you can just point it at whatever you want Mm -hmm. like i know that the slrs that i use have a spot meter
1: yeah or average center weight it depends really like the minolta's have an average center
0: weight right the f3 has a spot though
1: I am not fully sure right now, actually.
0: It doesn't matter. Mm. I mean, I usually just, uh, you know, point and shoot with the F3, basically. I don't really... <laughs> I, I just kind of trust it to... I sometimes, if it's a very contrasty scene, like last time I went with you to the same event you shot today, I you remember the sky was very bright. Yeah. But the, the uh, but sorry. the scene, uh, the, the, the stage where the musicians were, it was in double shade, basically, because the whole area was shaded because it was like an indoor garden not an indoor but like a yeah what do you call it
1: yeah it's an indoor garden yeah. like it has some
0: it's some a walls. It's, it's there are some walls around and they're quite high like three stories mm-hmm. and then on top of that the musicians were covered so whatever reflected light was coming from one of the walls it was being also
1: kind of given that
0: yeah. yeah so uh as uh, andrew is saying you just point of, I saw, I noticed whenever there's a sky in my shot, I just make sure to fill the sky and uh, fill the frame with the sky mm-hmm. and I will get a number and say like, maybe like 2000 of a second with whatever aperture I was using. And then when I go back down, it would say maybe two fiftieth of a second. Um, if I just turn to the wall, like find a green plant that is kind of dark, mm-hmm. it will go maybe even less like 2 60th of a second so I know. Okay, this is gonna be my shadows. So I'm I'm good at 125th or 250th of a second. It depends on how much mon- how much shadows do I want to preserve. And mm-hmm. uh, if the sky in the shot, because I know with the I was shooting portrait, so I know that portrait will handle like a lot of stops over. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't worried. And the shots actually came out. The sky came out better than the, your digital cannon shots. <laughs> uh, only the sky. Everything else, you know, I wasn't shooting as much. I shot like a roll and a half, yeah. or actually two rolls. Two rolls, yeah counting the medium format that i shot as well but anyways we got sidetracked mm-hmm. really love these photos uh i don't know what to call them now Her Luke, wendal, or andrew <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so confusing man uh but yeah I, I really like your work keep it up and yo go check him out i yes. mean look at these photos um and we have one more one do you know who it is Prrr. Prrr. wait no this is the wrong page <laughs> all right uh, it's another friend of the channel and it's uh, Mr. Huno himself. Yeah,
1: m- Mr. Huno has been taking really cool photos lately. Yeah.
0: This one is really cool. Uh, he Super has... clean, very nice composition, mm-hmm. nice tones. And he's using one of my favorite films. So I got to give him big ups for that. Uh, Tri X 400. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know what you're doing with 400, but do you do you, man. <laughs> it's like, because he's he, like, I'm not I sure, I can't say where he is but uh he's somewhere, <laughs> he's somewhere very sunny <laughs> yeah, so it's
1: so nice because it even you know like uh, the exposure is and like there is something about it that it looks like it's it could be like a like a fake bathroom for a movie yeah you know like like it, it's a flat thing yeah, yeah like how there's they, like a cardboard yeah, just thing put something remo- there. It. yeah or even like maybe yeah it just looks like a movie set for I some really reason like it, yeah. right uh it's a it's really cool and i seen some other of the recent work that he i don't know he posted it on insta yeah, i'm sorry i'm not so good on insta uh, this one is really i think nice. the previous one is the one my favorite
0: which one this one of course it is
1: yeah, i really like it
0: yeah. yeah that's your kind of stuff <laughs> he,
1: really he really finally
0: like got to try uh fp4 uh-huh and he's happy with the results i mean look at how beautiful and contrasty this one is <laughs> uh, i really like this one he, he immediately tagged me on discord when he got these this shots is like you were right fb4 is also i was like yeah <laughs> um but yeah i'm happy he, he's going out and uh, making photos these look good keep it up man uh, and go check him out uh because i always say like when, whenever we look at the questions because the tag is there mm-hmm. so like go follow each other and Huno is usually very active with the questions uh so um but yeah i feel like just the name on the screen is like not enough to kind of like make these relationship happen. Yeah. Gotta show their work because there's a lot of talented people. And
1: also, you know, I feel like we've been knowing him since we joined the Discord at the very beginning. Yeah. And I feel like I see him doing a, a lot of progress. Yeah. Like his photos have become so good. Like, yeah. I mean... Or maybe before I didn't pay so much, much attention or thing. he didn't post so much. But yeah. I feel like now I see a lot of things that I'm like every time... Wow, I really like this. You know? I
0: think he was busy with school for for a long period. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think now he has some more free time to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I know he's uh, looking forward to work on a like a, a zine. Yeah, or a documentary a, work. Yeah. Documentary work. So I'm really looking forward to what he comes comes up with next. Definitely. But from the looks of things, uh, he's going to be doing just fine. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
1: A lot of support, man.
0: So... Yeah, remember to go follow each other. Maybe we should start leaving links in the description as yes, well. Yes, for
1: sure. That'd be
0: We can update the previous episode as well. Mhm. Um, yeah. So that concludes that segment of the episode, I guess. Yes. And um Oh, Hi Chronic. Uh she's saying marhaba and, and like hola marhaba. Chronic, so, Chronic, fi- yeah.
1: Chronic, fish ah sorry, I didn't say yeah. marhaba. Yeah, thank you. Hola. <laughs>
0: So thank you for greeting us in our native languages. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, today we have a cool photographer to talk about. mm mm-hmm. um, It's one... So, all right, so we talked about... What, what, what is what is the name of this group of guys that <laughs> keep popping up on this podcast?
1: <laughs> they don't really have a, a name. Well, they are part of the photo succession su- group or or wave so to speak yeah. that we already talked with alfred stieglitz uh-huh. remember that he was like a key person into this guy yeah alfred yeah stieglitz that guy the, the mustache guy uh-huh. <laughs> that's how he should be na- known
0: and i often talk about this guy
1: which we still have not really gone through his work deeply on yeah. the podcast but it will happen at some point Kuhn. And then we we also
0: talked about this guy last, uh, not last week, but during Alfred Stieglitz episode. Yeah, we talked about him because he also.
1: Yeah, and then we have the last one in this photo, which is Edward Steichen. I think it's pronounced Mm. Edward Steichen. Born in Luxembourg, but he spent a lot of time his life in the US. He was an American citizen, and also he spent a lot of time in France. And we're gonna talk about him because it feels like we were missing somewhat a, a leg of a table <laughs> to to be like on the grounds of what happened during the beginning of the 19th century when it mm-hmm. comes to photography and we keep bringing up these like, these concepts of like pictorialism and then how things change into more like straight photography it also it's an art form and all these kind of um, tensions between different kind of photographers and Edward station was Key, a key, key player into making pictorialism and f- photography as an art as it was known back then. Mm-hmm. He is actually um, considered the person that transformed photography into an art form. And he started working. In the late late 1800s, mm-hmm. uh, 1895 is when he got his first camera, and he worked all to the, his late 70s, 70 uh, year olds, when he retired? I think that was, uh, yeah, in the mid century, more or less, 1960 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, if I be, if I remember correctly.
0: What kind of camera is this? So uh, this oh, one I th- don't know. This is two. Th- he's holding many things. Okay, so <laughs> this is a folder camera. Yeah. Resting on an aerial. Camera. It seems, it seems like he's uh, aboard the plane.
1: Yeah, he's on he's on a, um on a um, naval ship uh, yeah. during the Second World War. He he was uh, not really. Uh, battling in the second world war but he was appointed to take some photography commissions and some photography work Mm -hmm. and he actually got like some medals and he was an ordained captain after in the second world war he was also pretty involved he was an admiral in the first world war so Mm -hmm. he was in both world wars (laughs) which is kind of crazy right Um, yeah and this is uh, one of the later photos this is in 1943 yeah Yeah. Um, so he's here I want you guys to think about that at the beginning of photography um, coming up as something that existed, so a way to, to capture what it was in front of you, these cameras, uh, for a while you had, you know, the people that were making money off of photography as commercial photographers, you had then the amateur photographers, and then you had those that considered themselves artists and art, art photographers, and in order to distinguish themselves from the people that were doing commercial photography or amateur photography with the new Kodak cameras that were supposed to like they were advertised as you you, you click, click the, the button, button and we do the rest. Thing. Yeah, so they try to make their photos as much as paintings as possible with incredible, incredibly complicated, intricate and complex processes after taking the photo. Not mm. only while recording the negative, but making the print. This is what really made a difference into what was the end result of that photograph. So these photos that we're gonna see now, it's the most that we have shown that will really remind you of paintings. Yeah, overall. like this one, for example. Like that one, for example, yeah. He actually was an aspiring painter when he started. and. He became the most known photographer for this soft focus uh, and artistic style.
0: Oh, look at this! Yeah, one. so
1: this one, uh, th- this one, we can, if you want, we can actually go now deep into it because this is his most popular photo ever.
0: I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah,
1: this photo is called the um, the Pond Moonlight, and it was taken in 1904. Mm-hmm. 1904, and I want you to think that in 1904, autochrome had not yet been. Develop or use, so there was no color photograph mm-hmm. so he was able to get these tones by doing incredible amount of work while making the print doing using different gum arabica mixes with different pigments and tints and then working in layers and then creating this effect crazy okay?
0: so basically okay hold on a second yeah so Okay. Do you? How much do you know about this?
1: Uh, I mean, I know. So a my my middle.
0: question is: is that did he take it and like? So made, because you're saying a print, so it's not a dry plate. It's.
1: I mean, I I think he probably took it on a plate, but what he what he so then, then made he, in color was the print.
0: So it's a black and white. Yeah, it's lo- a black and white plate. photo
1: at three in the morning. I think somewhere. And then uh, he
0: added the color. On Post. In post, <laughs> yeah. using uh, using f- photographic process, basically, yeah, photographic
1: like. processes, yeah, with uh, mostly with light sensitive gums to the paper, so. So he
0: used a, a black and white, let's call it negative, to make a color print,
1: which with no real colors, yeah, with yeah. the colors that are interpreted by whatever him, whatever he wanted to, basically, yeah. add that's so cool. So there are only three prints of this photo ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, two are in museums, and one was sold in 2006 as the most expensive photograph till that date. Crazy. For 2.9 million dollars.
0: That's the same. I mean, look. US
1: dollars. Yeah, not, but but not, it was because of the uniqueness of it. Because not, it's exactly. Like look, nothing. I'm, not tra- I'm
0: not trying to throw shade on more recent uh, ex- uh, photographs no, that no, are no. more expensive. But this is like, it's it's worth it, I feel like, because of the history element to it, like the significant historical significance. What? Yeah the value, historical valley. i said significant mm-hmm. twice i'm mm-hmm. still I, I warned you guys i'm still not fully awake <laughs> anyways uh it's so beautiful this one
1: yeah i mean you can open the met museum page i left it in the list of the photographs we're gonna talk about it's called the pond yeah moonlight huh. Um, and you can maybe read whatever it says there on the side uh, if you can see this one looks a little bit different than the one yeah. we were seeing on the other side it's because there are three prints and they are each are completely unique with different layers they look different but they are all from the same negative
0: from the same that's crazy using a painstaking technique of multiple printing uh, s- sta- I can't station? say sta- station sta- station it feels station? weird to say station achieved prints of such painterly seductiveness they have never been equaled, equaled. Uh, this view of the pond in the woods at mama mama, Ronak, mama, Ronak? mama Ronak, yeah. new york is so su- su- subtly colored as whistler's nocturnes
1: nocturnes yeah this is a series of paintings by paintings by whistler
0: and uh, like them is a tone uh, is a tone poem of twilight in distinction and su- suggestiveness uh, commenting mm-hmm. on such pictures in 1910, Charles Schaffin wrote in Camera Work. Camera Work is the same magazine that they. Uh, it's the, it's the egg egg, yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, we're going to talk about that too. Uh, it
0: is in the penumbra, penumbra, penumbra yeah. between the clear visibility of things and the total extinction of into darkness. When con- concreteness con- of. I'm sorry, I can't see because <laughs> I'm looking at the monitor like this. <laughs> when the concreteness of appearances become merged in half realized, half baffled vision. Uh, That spirit seems to disengage itself from matter to envelop it with a mystery of soul suggestion.
1: Um, This reminds me the topic and the conceptualization of it a little bit like those photos of uh, Gregory Crudson, which were to- it was a series called Twilight, mm-hmm. which it also looks into this, what is happening between the light and the darkness. Oh, yeah, I remember. And exactly that, very, very similar. And if you see the photos from Crudson, the tones that he used in those photos yeah. are actually very similar to what we're seeing here from yes yeah, uh, sp- especially if you look at this version. Right? Yeah, right?
0: I mean, I believe, I have a feeling that even though it looks different, it might be also to the scan that we're looking at. It could be, but and there, also but this th- screen. The screen. But the three so prints
1: good. are different. Like what I read e- is that the three prints are actually no, different. No, I
0: bet, I bet for sure. I mean, it's not the mechanical process you're going to come out different. E- even if you knew, if you now do some, if you try to do some darkroom printing now with all of the timers and you know, mm-hmm. the manufactured paper is hard to, kind of like match to two prints of the same negative. So mm-hmm. imagine if you're doing such a crazy like process and also
1: it's quite big right you can see the object yeah i was looking
0: it's um 15 what 40
1: 40 centimeters times 50 centimeters so not small
0: no yeah it's it's a good size um really cool photo
1: Mm. very very nice so the the way that Strieglitz, um Stieglitz kind of was uh, Steichen's mentor for a long time. They mm-hmm. met when he was going from New York on a travel to going to Paris and he brought some um, some photos with him and Stieglitz was like blown away. He directly bought three photos from him directly to have in his collection at $5 each when he had never sold a print for more than 50 cents before. So he was like completely elated and like, really, you like my work so much? Mm -hmm. And since that moment, that was in the early 1900s, they kept a close collaboration and a close relationship. And as you were saying, station station was the let's, let's call him edward 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 was the photographer most published on camera work mm-hmm. throughout this uh, story the history of camera work as well and he had a couple of solo exhibitions at the gallery 291 in fifth avenue and they were very working a lot closer together until that was until a station kind of started to drift apart from the way that Stieglitz was seen Um, photography or where photography was going as we were talking about in Stieglitz uh, episode he he was really up for like what is upcoming where where are the trends going what is art in photography and then we know pictorialism kind of faded away for a more straight photography art form Mm -hmm. and Stieglitz went with it and it was backing up a lot of these new painted photographers coming and going and Uh, Edward was kind of stuck a little bit Mm -hmm. and so their visions drifted apart and at some point Edward started to take commercial jobs and working as a fashion photographer and apparently Stiegli was like this is like heresy and they really, their relationship really kind of broke apart because of the different ways that artistically were going so to speak so that's an interesting tidbit of of information. For sure. Um, so what else are we seeing here? Here we're seeing some photos. This is a self-portrait. Self-portraits of him. That's the one I used for the episode entry. Um,
0: I mean, look at this. It's such a nice photo. I I really like the depth of field. Yeah. Here with the It's so cool. It's so amazing. Like, Mm. something about these old photos just makes me so happy (laughs) to look at every week.
1: He also, I mean, even though he was doing this very soft focus, very painterly, artistic, uh, pictorialist type of photos, uh, he also has some still lifes and some abstract shots that I really, really like. And also, he, um, he was he always in different parts of his life he wanted to kind of go back to painting mm-hmm. and drawing which is what he started with so i also found online some patterns and some printed uh, yeah, like textiles that are also pretty cool like
0: we passed by one this, yeah, one. Those are this yeah. one it's really cool
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's a chicken it's a
1: chicken yeah
0: um, yeah I mean, but
1: he kind of always found himself back to photography, which is what he was I mean, for. for
0: sure, like think about it. it's basically at this time it was I mean, if it makes sense that all the photographers from this era had a strong relationship to painting. I mean, till nowadays there's a lot of people people who are photographers uh, and start to paint or painters mm-hmm. and pick up a camera and enjoy it. The two art forms are very interconnected because basically. It's your your end product is very similar. It's just a different way of how it becomes, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like this to me just looks like a still life painting. Like when you start practicing, you just like put a bowl of fruit in and draw it. And and then naturally under criticism or for whatever reason, people would like would want to separate themselves eventually from this with like m- movement, like the group 64, mm-hmm. uh, group F64, yeah, who were like, No, a photo is a photo, you should be able to clearly see that it's a photo and it has value photograph. in it as well. Yeah.
1: Because here in this moment, what was happening is that the people that were using still photography and straight photography, like those commercial photographers or the amateurs, everyone that had a camera that didn't have access to actually do darkroom stuff. They, these people were like, oh, if you don't have the skills and you don't have the access to really work with your with your photo and make your print as you want and using these techniques, you are not an artist because using these techniques, which give you these results is what is artistic about it. Right. Rather than just just because they look like paintings are artistic, it's more about still photographs are easy that's basically what they were saying Mm -hmm. they don't need these skills they don't need the work that we put on in these pieces of work and the thought and the you know like you just click a button and you get which is we are still having the same conversation today yeah so
0: i kind of i see the i see the the idea i see the argument that like so if if let's say i take a photo now of anything and then i go into the makeshift dark room that we have in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and i make a print and i'm not really good at printing and i'm like i made art you know (laughs) i mean i understand somebody that has much better like much better like skills in the dark room for example you know we did some experiments in the dark room we tried to play with the distribution of the developer or fixer on the photo yeah we actually also tried to fix the photo before we develop it and partially so we did some experiments And uh, you know we know we were just playing around, but somebody might look at these results and be like, "Wow, this is amazing." That's the thing; they have the right to think so, Mm. right? Um, And that's I think we also talked about this last week: is that how do you measure skills in art? It's not like, like for example, if you look at the Olympics now happening. So like you know, if you look at the basic, most simple thing, weightlifting, you know. The person who's gonna lift the heaviest weight wins is the best. (laughs) Yeah. You know? It's very straightforward. But when Mm -hmm. you talk about music, when you talk about photography, filmmaking, any kind of art really dancing, how do you how do you measure that? Maybe dancing there is some criteria, you know, because it's almost a sport in some types of dancing, at least like for some reason I started thinking of figure skating. But you know, if let's not talk about dancing all right (laughs) but if you if you look at other things you know like music how do you how do you measure how how Mm. good a music piece is if we can't agree that one form is ultimate i mean for the longest time people will say classical music is the only real music but that doesn't make any sense yeah i mean the classical music doesn't is not even worldwide you know a lot of people don't think about that but like the 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 um the classical music based is based on the on the theory of you know the scale from i don't know what do you call them in in english
2: scale? no no what, do, uh, what do you call them
0: in english like do you know the doremi yeah uh, in mm-hmm. french and spanish and stuff yeah. in english it's uh a b where it doesn't start it G. starts c yeah c, yes, <laughs> from c, c I to a but <laughs> that's the that's the c major scale yeah but like that music theory is not worldwide again yeah you know like for example in the in the in the east not the far east but like in the middle east like turkey syria and these kind of countries we have quarter notes uh, eighth notes 16th notes and i'm not talking about time signature i'm talking about notes that doesn't exist on the scale
1: yeah that sounds super weird if you're yeah. not used to them
0: when people hear them they would think that your music that your instrument is out of tune and then if you go to the far east you have The tuven throat singing, for example, the polyphonic uh, styles of singing, and to them, you know, being able to to sing polyphonically, for example, in the Far East, that's a skill. That's a skilled singer. You know, with all Pavarotti's, you know, skill in singing opera, that maybe doesn't mean anything. Hey, man, can you do can you do overtone, and overtone, and or polyphonic? I'm referring to the same thing with two names, but they're slightly different is when you make two or more sounds from your throat at the same time, so you make two different notes. It's called uh, throat singing, if you want to check it out. <laughs> you will find a lot of weird stuff on the internet, but you also, if you if you put in Tuvin throat singing, you will see what I'm... So they use these very simple uh, string instruments, and they sing over it, and that's like a... It's very popular in uh, Mongolia and that type of area, mm-hmm. uh, the the world, that play, that part of the world world um there's also um the sufi like okay. uh mm-hmm. one of my favorite artists uh, Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan I think that's his name um and they, it's it's basically kind of a form of prayer but it's beautiful I you know how much I jump to these songs even though I have no idea what they're saying they're, Chants, they're yeah. yeah they're chanting and they're basically praising uh their deities but it's so beautiful to me and it doesn't sound like anything else why am i on a music rant <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> basically the like,
1: art could be a lot of stuff <laughs> this
0: is getting deep that's that's right triple uh, <laughs> a
1: <AAA. laughs> nice yeah so so th- this is what was happening you know that they were just like okay if you don't do all these things to your photos your photos are not art and at some point that changed and some people go stuck in the old ways and some people embrace the new ways. And that made some some dent into some, some photographer's relationship, which is interesting.
0: It is. I mean, um, people get too serious about things sometimes.
1: Yeah, so here we're seeing...
0: Do you some- want me to jump to a specific gallery?
1: Uh, a specific gallery or a specific photo? I mean, we, we can pick any of the photos that are there. Right. That Wh- I what about this one? Which one is that one? Oh, that's the flat iron. That's a very nice photo. Um, it's also one of the most popular and kind of early work. It's 1904. Um, the flat iron also, it's supposed to echo Whistler's Nocturne paintings. And it also s- slightly um resembles Japanese Ukiyo E prints which used to you know probably the typical Japanese prints that they were used to doing wood blocking and stuff Mm -hmm. and because of the of the of the branches of the trees Mm -hmm. coming on here. So it's very moody. Yeah it's it's very moody and it kind of like wants to to represent this like big structure that rises above everything that that is below it, like everything that's happening in the streets, and I, and then they say that he purpose cut it because it's so huge, it's so big that it cannot be contained within the frame. So it's like this grandiosity of this building over the little people that are happening around mm-hmm. around it. Um, so it's done in a very similar technique to the moon, right? the the previous one that we saw yeah i mean it's, the, it's very
0: subtle but you can see the different tones between these mm-hmm. like bulbs or whatever light sources here and the the overall image i mean it looks like a black and white image that has a, a tint mm-hmm. basically like a bluish tint but then the the lights they almost are almost are turning yellow mm-hmm. uh, which is really really subtle but really beautiful at the same time and again if you if you came in late to 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 the episode because I I can see some people joined later we just I just want to point out that these photos are the in early 1900s like this one is in 1904 and if any color photos you see they're not made traditionally they're always made in a weird like crazy process alternative pro- process yeah the yeah. process probably doesn't exist anymore
1: Actually he was one of the first person to also embrace the autochrome Of course um, it was one of, and it was the first photographer to actually use it in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It was more the European people that started to, to experiment with this. Um, so we talked about Ochron before, you know, that you make these glass plate color transparencies and actually... The Lumiere brothers came up with it, which yeah. I didn't know about yeah, it.
0: No, that is true.
1: Yeah, I, I know it's true, but I, I somehow I, ha- I have passed my mind that mm. it was the Lumiere brothers because we know the Lumiere brothers from movies, right? For making the first motion picture yeah, movies. Yeah,
0: they ever. C- they, ca- they came up with it, and basically these guys picked it up and couldn't That's let that. it go. Yeah, Especially right. Kuhn, yeah. he was he was obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, do you have any... Do you know if there's any of these examples that is a... I...
1: I don't color think... One? No, I, but if you go to the... Perhaps... The to, MoMA one. to the MoMA one, there might be some color photos. I am not sure if any of those... Yeah,
0: so... Let's maybe. do this. Maybe, maybe, maybe. No. No, this was... This is not what I'm looking for.
1: No, maybe in the Artnet one then.
0: That's all right.
1: We will find. We will come across they some, I think.
0: will come up. All right, so we were looking at... I, I so open this one. Yeah,
1: the this the thinker. There is two for Rodin. You c- can you open the one that is called the um, uh, Bal Balzac? I can try. Is it not there? I don't see it. Ay, ay, ay. What?
0: Technical difficulties. I can I can look if it you, up.
1: If you if you put the stage then Balzac, I thought I put it because I actually made a lot of notes about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking it up. Yeah, so uh, we actually talk also about that the Stieglitz brought a lot of Rodin's, Rodin was a sculptor and brought to the US a lot of the the sculptures and conceptual drawings that he did before he actually made the, his uh, sculptures in the studio, mm-hmm. and they were the first time that this kind of work was actually shown to the public, and it was a little bit controversial. So Rodin um, was a commissioned to make a statue of Balzac. Balzac was a writer, a French writer from time before. Mm -hmm. And he was commissioned to do this. And he got obsessed with Balzac so much that it took him seven years to do the work that he was commissioned to do in nine months. He really, really wanted to... Capture the essence of the person that Balzac was rather than just a likeness in the statue. Mm -hmm. So he got really obsessed. He read everything about Balzac, all the pieces of work that he wrote, all the things that it was about him. And then he came up with this uh, statue, which was very different and very, um, let's say, strange to a lot of people about how it looked. So actually, Rodin he got he had presented this when nine years after to the people that pay him to do this, and he, they liked it so little that they re- rejected it. And he took it super personally. He thought that it was a personal attack against him. A lot of the people that we know from Paris uh, back in the time, like painters and photographers, were actually sending letters to to on on behalf of uh, Rodin that this was actually a masterpiece of art. This uh, sculpture should actually be there out there, people to see it. Um, but it never really got anywhere. So 10 years after all this ordeal, Rodin decided to put this Balzac, it's actually a plastic mold, not really the iron cast or the copper, the, cast, the metal cast one, mm-hmm. outside in his um, in his terrace. And he called a, sta- a station, Edward to take photos of it. So he spent a whole night at night taking photos of this um, sculpture, and Rodin was so amazed by the result that he was like, this is how the world is going to know my Balzac. You just captured exactly what I wanted this uh, statue to be. Mm-hmm. And actually, 22 years after Rodin passed away, they were able to cast the real um, statue, and it's now in France somewhere. So this has a happy ending. But it was very tumultuous story of Rodin and this particular piece of art. And for him, the way that uh, Edward actually represented this. At night, he took exposures in between 15 minutes and one hour, all between like 1 a.m. to 4 to 5 p.m. The 5 a.m., there are different uh, photos of it. And it's just crazy. It is actually haunting. When you really look at how the sculpture is and how it was photographed by Edward, it's really kind of upsetting. upsetting. Um, it
0: is so cool, though. I like this.
1: It is. It is really nice. He actually, Rodin said, you will make the world understand my Balzac with your pictures when he gave the, the prints a few days later after taking the the photographs. And I'm not sure if there are some others that we might actually come across, but this is one of them. You, and then, You
0: thought of this one because you saw this one. So like when I, when I showed you the, the, the other one. So what's the story with this one?
1: No, this, this one, there's no story. It's just also one of his very, very popular. So he spent some time with Rodin in Paris and took quite some photos of him as well. And this is the popular thinker um, uh, statue mm-hmm. of Rodin as well. Um yeah, so he did a lot of this kind of work, but after the war after the war he became very famous because all the exposure, let's just call it like that, because everyone understands that he got of his work through uh camera work and through the gallery with Stirlich, it wasn't really that big. It was maybe a couple of hundred people say that up to a thousand people might have seen this um these uh, scenes by the camera work, but it wasn't a lot of people. So, after the First World War, he started to do more portrait and fashion photography. Um, he, one of the first portraits, oh, okay, we're looking at this. So, another thing f- for why Edward is pop- popular or known is for being coined the first fashion photographer of history. Mm-hmm. so before these photographs that we're gonna see now here there wasn't really a representation of fashion on photography and on magazines mm-hmm. so this is an example of the first of its kind it's, 1911. it's 1911 yeah pretty early on um, that's
0: what like 110 years ago
1: <laughs> that's a lot of years actually <laughs> if you look at it like this um,
0: so here we're seeing like some sketches
1: mm-hmm yeah, so these are the the how fashion was actually illustrated. illustrated before it was with these kind of drawings. So he actually did a really nice work of doing very mimicking, similar, yeah. mimicking the way that the models were positioned, how the different garments were actually shown. So this uh, this is a really nice example of what led, later became to be more like proper fashion photography. And he actually, where did I actually? That that's later on this is the first work but later on in 1923 mm-hmm. he actually started to do more straight photography and fashion photography and he was hired by one of the biggest publishers of, of fashion for a salary of 35,000 dollars which is an equivalent of half a million dollars in 2019
0: value whoa yeah <laughs> that's 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 good
1: yeah I know this is the last one I really really like it. this one here yeah
0: these are cool.
1: Mm, I think I where have.
0: Uh-huh. Let's see. Here's an autochrome. Oh yeah. Mm, While nice. we find the next uh, Yeah, that's
1: Gertrude Casavir, which I also want to talk about her sometime. It's from the same time. She did a lot of astra work, very really cool astra work. So so we will talk about her. It's someday. a different
0: it's a different Gertrude. Yeah. yeah the other was
1: Gertrud. Gertrude Gertrude's Get yeah, this, yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: was, I was thinking that, uh, did we already talk about her or is it a different person? No, yeah. yeah, this is one of my favorite things. Uh, it's an autochrome, yeah. which is basically the first type of uh, color photographs. Mm-hmm. Again, 1907. Crazy. Right. Let me see what we missed here.
1: What do we have there?
0: We have a bunch of stuff.
1: Uh, uh, There is one that is titled, maybe you can pick it up, Is J.P. Morgan Portrait from
0: 1903.
1: Uh, I got it. Yeah. So this was actually one of the first portrait work that he did in 1903, Mm -hmm. quite early on, because there was this German painter who contacted um, him to minimize the setting time required to his busy subject. So, this is a painter that wanted to make a paint about this guy. Did
0: you notice the knife that he's holding?
1: No, I actually did no, not. he's
0: holding a knife. It's <laughs> a scary photo.
1: So, yeah. So, after photographing Morgan in the post requested by the painter... Uh, because that was for the painter. So mm-hmm. the painter would use that to make a painting of him. All right. Because this was a very busy very busy man. So he couldn't really stay in front of the painter to get the painting done as they needed. Uh-huh. So then the painter contacted stage st- uh, Edward. Oh my God. Okay. Um, to make this photo and then he would take it. But he was allowed to make a second negative for himself. Uh so after doing that one he did this one that i suppose we are seeing here because the other one he was giving away and he says it shows an intense and assertive morgan provoked by the photographers posing instructions to reveal more personality than he intended
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i I wonder if that's why he pulled the knife or he was upset about him asking about edward asking him to 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 show his knife i don't know it's a (laughs) really cool photo i mean think about it yeah it's like uh it's, it's like a uh, because before that, basically the photographers would use and uh, the, the sorry, the painters would use the camera obscura if they wanted to,
1: but the subject had to be inside, yeah, mm.
0: regardless. So, if they wanted to make a not a stencil, what's the word yeah, to trace, to trace, yeah, then they would use a camera obscura, or then they would just the subject would sit there and they would paint them, but then they hire a photographer. To make so, so they can go yeah. i remember i think i don't know if i'm remembering this right but i think it was like in some touristy place i was visiting as a kid there would like there would be there would be these artists in the street that they would take your they would make a painting of you mm-hmm. but they also some of them would actually take a photo of you if you don't want to sit there so if you want if you're in the market or you're visiting take a town, photo
1: and then you come back and you pick it up yeah so
0: <laughs> they take a photo of you and then you go on your walk come back like an hour later Mm -hmm. and your painting would be there (laughs) uh so kind of kind of the same thing all right next up these are uh,
1: of the series of the very early work that made him very popular among photographers 1899
0: yeah this photo crazy crazy i mean some sometimes you still get photos like that i mean in terms of like grain
1: and these all all these (laughs) photos that were seen here especially these early ones were the first ones that were exhibited at the at the gallery when he uh, had an exhibition right first time like this one also was included
0: this one is so cool this one almost looked like i don't know if you see it but the cloud almost looks like a tree
1: yeah it does actually
0: you know what i mean it almost looks like a tree with a tree reflection on the water Mm -hmm. because of this kind of Dark darkness here in the center Mm -hmm. it it creates it implies to me like a a, a tree trunk Mm -hmm. with the tree reflecting on the water it's so beautiful there's two versions here why yeah i guess it's one that's more Mm contrasted than the other all right we
1: still haven't talked about ansel adams which is you know the crazy man of making over and over, prints of the, his negatives throughout his whole life and changing them as he—it's so cool. We we should
0: definitely. I mean, there's so much stuff about Ansel. Yeah. Yeah, you know, on the internet. I don't. I feel like what, yeah. what value can we add to the conversation? You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I know, and a lot of people know about him, but, but it's just
1: so nice to look through his. Values. Yeah, of
0: course. I would. I would like to as well, but there's a lot of photographers that I feel like are, are more. Are less known. Yeah, and it'd be interesting, interesting to me at least to, because I, as as I said before, a lot of times I show up here, I have no idea what we're gonna look at, so I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it the same as like everybody who's watching.
1: And this is a photo of uh, him with his first wife, actually. You know, (laughs) you want me to give a gossip? Give me. When he was like 80 something year old, he married. 18. uh, 25.
0: What you said? Eighteen.
1: When he was eighty. Eighty. Eighty something. He okay. married uh, a tw- a twenty five year old girl, and they were married until he passed away at ninety four. So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> he had three wives through his life. Uh,
0: I think we covered everything that you posted here.
1: Um. All right. I guess so. I'm not sure if there's anything missing. Well, um, maybe just to mention that, uh, um, eh, in the late fifth. 50- No, what was it? No, on 1946, I think. I didn't write it. But he was actually appointed as director of the photography department at MoMA, at Mm -hmm. the Museum of Modern Art. And it wasn't really well taken because of which direction he had taken on photography, even though he was this person that made photography so well known as an art form. Yeah. He deviated from a lot of people that had other ideas. He went into commercial work. He kind of, according to uh, stieglitz um nothing less than apostasy, Apostasy, he was saying about how he went. So a lot of the people that really wanted photography to succeed as an art were against him becoming the director of the photography department at MoMA. And even Ansel Adams wrote a letter to expressing the disappointment over this hiring, saying, uh, to supplant New Hall, who, who has made such a great contribution to the art through his vast knowledge and sympathy for the medium, with a regime which is inevitably favor- favorable to the spectacular and popular, is indeed a body blow to the progress of creative photography. <laughs> but actually then in his execution, for what I read and what I can at least make an you know, an understanding on. He did do a very good job as the director of photography of the MoMA. He was one of the first ones to work with uh, f- um, Robert Frank, that we already looked at. Uh, he, he was one of the first to bring Harry Callahan's work into the MoMA as well. So he did a really good and work that, after yeah. that. Um, so it was kind of not taken so good at the beginning, but I think. And he also actually chose. Ansel Adams' photo, the moon over, you know, the moonrise, yeah, yeah. to win a very big award, and he was in the ju- in the jury, so he didn't never really took it personally, I guess. Cool, <laughs> All that's, these really, so that's, that's really nice. That's kind
0: of nice. We we didn't talk about also his like m- kind of like modern work, like mm-hmm. we're looking at here. We we did we, you did mention uh, mention it briefly, but we didn't see some examples mm-hmm. of it. I, I pulled up this one because we we talked about the chicken like kind of uh painting mm, yeah know,
1: um yeah drawing yeah
0: drawing uh and this is kind of i, I to me at least to my eye it f- falls in the same realm of like this kind of minimalist, geometric, modern...
1: Modern photography, f- yeah. Photography. I mean, in it, he was still connected to camera work and the gallery at the Fifth Avenue where he was bringing a lot of this new stuff as well. So obviously he was going to be influenced somehow. This is very surreal. Mm-hmm. For example, this is like the uncanny type of thing, mm-hmm. like something that you really feel like should be close to you, you can recognize, but somehow it's like, why is it so strange? Yeah right um so he was being influenced and he was also help he helped steaglitz bring a lot of the work that was going on in europe he was the main connection between the u.s and europe it was him so he was exposed to these things over and over again i assume yeah um yeah i really like the some of the bot- botanics or like more astra work done with plants and and still lives as well i already mentioned it
0: backbone and ribs of a sunflower mm-hmm. because to me I, I at first glance this photo when i was looking at the full gallery and i saw a small thumbnail of it it kind of i thought it was going to be a skeleton
1: yeah right it is it looks like
0: it could be these are cool are these four different people or no it's a multiple mm-hmm. it's like a. it's like that camera you have you pull a string and it takes four photos yeah i'm sure he didn't use that though oh it's charlie chaplin
1: yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, without the I don't recognize him without the well, the black the hair and the and the mustache.
0: Yeah. I I mean the hat Right there. He he became Oops.
1: very, very popular because he took a lot of photographs from famous people after the war when he came back and he was doing more portrait work and he got this very, very, very good deal working for this publisher. He took photos of the Hollywood actors. He was like mingling with these people a lot. So he's actually more known for this than really the work, the early, early work that it was so groundbreaking for photography. So I think more people know about him being this kind of famous people photographer than the early, more... Artistic work. I I mean, isn't
0: that like always the way? A lot of times, you know, like uh, a lot of great work goes unnoticed Mm -hmm. because it's not popular or it's not directly related to popular things.
1: Yeah, so that that's. I think that's why Ansel Adams maybe was a little bit worried. Like, what is he gonna do being the the director of this museum that's supposed to be doing this this work for photography, and he's gonna now just focus maybe on what the public wants rather than what the art needs. Mm-hmm. So, but he did a good job, I think.
0: I bet. Hey, Cedric, we're almost done here. How's your vacation going? It's cool. Cedric is uh, just po- ah. popped in. Uh, he's on vacation. On he's Norway. On, on the road. I hope you made it safe. And I hope you're having a fun time. Uh, yeah, but I think uh, I think we kind of...
1: Co- uh, actually, before we leave, can we just look into... The, if you go to the bottom one, to the Metropolitan Museum uh, gallery, we can see some of the work that he did in silk, which are really, really nice. I mean, here you can see a lot of different pre- Look at this one in the, the right. Side. No, the one on the left side of that one.
0: Hold on a second. This is a different version from the first. Yeah,
1: there's also a lot of different prints. That one is a different version. So this one is at 4 a.m. There's another one at 2 a.m. There's like, yeah, a lot of...
0: These are cool. How how did we almost end without <laughs> looking at these? I'm <laughs> losing my voice.
1: Look, this is Teiglitz <clears throat> there. <laughs>
0: right, so yeah, this one actually, I think we looked at this photo yeah. in, in Alfred's episode. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, these are so. Cool. I
1: think you can put that the page shows you eighty per page or something like that. All
0: right, I hope it, reload can, yeah, it reload. does reload. Yeah, uh, it does. Oh, we can just go through them. Another auto Chrome. Oh, this one is cool.
1: <coughs> yeah, Cedric saying, "I'll catch up. Yes, well, I joined the family. Nice station brings back photography history courses. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you guys now can feel like I'm taking a course. You all are taking a course with me." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, this one definitely has more color in it. Yeah, uh, it, the tint was is only covering the sky. It's not really mm-hmm. a- affecting the building or the kind of isolated the tint to the sky in this one here, mm-hmm. which is really crazy. I would really love how to know like exactly. I would really how. like
1: to see the negative. <laughs> how
0: I I would wish I wish there was a video of him working on it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or like I was in the room, but both things are impossible. Uh, this is another one of the uh, Balzac. the
1: Balzac, yeah. So that's the this one is like if you read the text, also says something like it's like a hunting ghost that is there. Like,
0: yeah, this one is definitely, to me at least, more ominous than the first one yeah. we looked at.
1: Yeah, and also the thing is that he was so disfigured in the in in this s- statue. Mm-hmm. This is what happened with Rodin when he was obsessed with it. He just wanted to to it be a a psych- Psychological portrait or a psychological representation of him rather than that how he actually looked like. So a lot of people were repulsed by it. It's like, no, this guy didn't look like this. What is, I mean, he was like a bit hunching. He had a very broad neck in the statue. So it was very deformed. So that's also why it just like looks there. It's like kind of about to hunt you sort of thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and So you wanted me to pop in here for the...
1: Uh, so if you go back to the gallery maybe i mean we can go through all of these if you want there's a lot he did a lot of work
0: triumph of the egg (laughs) i love this yeah this is very surrealist i I really love photos of eggs by the way i don't know if i mentioned this before but i really like i think the eggs are such a beautiful shape Mm -hmm. and i always whenever see photos of eggs i'm i'm always happy
1: (laughs) yeah you you, you have not been to the Dalí museum right no yeah we'll go when we go to spain you're gonna be so happy I th- I th- there I are eggs I, everywhere I no i've
0: seen the i've seen the, the paintings
1: <laughs> no but it's, it's sculptures as well oh <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely gonna enjoy it. Uh, okay you want me to go back to the gallery i think it was here when oh, I, I mean, look at this one I, I keep getting distracted
1: maybe i wasn't i don't know
0: I. Uh, no this one we looked at we looked at a different print, print. of it as well uh it's, let me the, the first one we looked at had much less shadow detail. Mm,
1: this is so pretty.
0: But look at these flowers or whatever you call them on the tree. They're so beautiful. The blooms. Uh, So nice. Mm. So nice. I mean, this is definitely pictorialist.
1: I mean, a lot of his early work.
0: No, but just so I mean get like... my definition straight. You would You would look at this and like this is a pictorialist photo. Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: But I mean, also the flat iron, you will look at it and you would say, you would even have trouble saying, is this a painting or is it a photo? Yeah. Right? Unless you actually have the print in front of you.
0: I mean, look at this. Again, I keep saying how much I love the tones of <laughs> autochromes. Can you people understand me? Like, do you understand this fascination that I have with this? It's just so beautiful. I mean, something about it, the reds, the reds. The, reds? The, reds? the reds they're so I mean I'm guessing these are leather gloves so yeah. they're brown
1: brownish yeah
0: <clears throat> but still like all of the reddish hues they just come out so good in this <coughs> excuse me Saha. shukran um, so alright let's focus on the task at hand do you want to see some silk stuff I,
1: yeah I hope it was here when I saw it silk patterns maybe maybe it wasn't here Let's see
0: sorry if i'm scrolling too fast we're trying okay i don't i think it's it something. might not be
1: here let me see if i find it in okay i can list. google it it's okay because i might be on the art no i swear to you the i saw it found somewhere it. you found it yes yeah this is one of them i think
0: oh this is sugar cubes this is so cool.
1: This is a photo. This is not a, what I was saying. Okay.
0: Uh, but uh, you know, this reminds me of the the one from uh, Gertrude's, the Rorschach one with the baskets. Yeah. Kind of. It's very different, but it's the, the, this like two light shadow. It's just that we, we... Was it last week we looked at it? Um. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Actually, this is interesting. You can... In the page of the Met, uh-huh. you can filter by... Object type material. So we can see... Whoa, there's so much. There's 2,000 results for Edward. Uh, That is crazy. I'm looking here. Silk. Yeah, Yeah, if you get silk, maybe we get... Yeah, those ones. Down is S. Silk.
0: I I can't see. You uh,
1: passed it, I think. It was there on the second column.
0: I'm blind. There. Yeah. And, oh these are so cool
1: yeah they are very 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 nice
0: I'm opening a bunch of them
1: so the other ones yeah it's you know but the, the first at the beginning are the ones from him this is some other stuff
0: right so what's happening here it, this is basically just textile design
1: yeah so this is drawings that he did and then it's uh, on silk so it's it's a it's a drawing on silk. All right. I assume.
0: It doesn't say much in the description. It's
1: a printed silk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know so much about fabrics, honestly, to to really dig into this one. But I really like it. I but just
1: lo- I just love the patterns and the and the structures. Oosh.
0: Yeah. Sorry about the ambulance. Um,
1: and the one that is crazy is, can you go back? Maybe this it's is, not here.
0: So this is threaded. There's basically like a thread. It's no,
1: it's silk, and then it's wh- wh- it's printed it's like the silk is used as if it would be a paper
0: okay, yeah, okay, all right, so these are not actual buttons no
1: no 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 no
0: okay be- I just because I read the text here it says button and thread textile
1: but that's the I think the ti- illustration the so there is one which if you look at it, it feels like it's moving.
0: This one is kind of similar to the sugar cubes yeah. one. But it's just more randomized? hmm Okay. It feels like it's moving. Which one is it?
1: No, it's not this one. You didn't open it, I think. All right. Is that... This o- one? The first, this no.
0: One? This one? Yeah. Let's see. Optical illusions.
1: You don't feel it? Look, put your eyes across it. Like, try to go from corner to corner. It feels like there's a forward and a background foreground and background that yeah. are moving different directions yeah I see it now <laughs> it's so cool
0: <laughs> it's so annoying that I'm looking at the screen yes move it hard. don't worry do you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of uh, stereograms
1: what are those
0: Stereograms. let's play a game let's see if you guys can see it as well stereograms
1: I think I used to play that with my parents when I was a kid the ones that you do like this and you start to see things yeah yeah. It's
0: basically like a three D yeah. image embedded in a two D
1: Yeah, I remember. Noise. And then you they say if you bring it very close to your face and then you slowly put it away, then you start seeing the image.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I just know how to see it. I can't really explain.
1: Yeah, it. I used to play this when I was a kid. Really I'm cool. looking at
0: a very small screen over there. Let's see if I can see and I can tell you what I'm looking at. All right. This is a podcast. I should be talking.
1: (laughs) Try. Uh, I remember that I would bring them very close to my eyes and then slowly put them away and then I would be able to see the image.
0: Yeah, I can't see this one. This one is not good. (laughs) This
1: one is so good.
0: Uh, This one is broken. (laughs) Devin is saying, I I used to be able to see them, but I can't now. Is this what's happening to me? I think we're just finding bad ones. Hold on a second. Because I know the trick is basically that you you, you
1: have to bring it close and then no, go away. What you no? need
0: to do is to unfocus or change the the. Focus. I'm
1: gonna start doing this. People are gonna say, "Why she doing?"
0: Yeah, you have to basically cross your eyes just a little bit to throw. I off, don't see it. To throw off.
1: The, oh yeah, almost. Oh, it feels like I'm putting so much effort. Ah! <laughs> what. Can- can you guys see it? I can't see it
0: Damn. we're broken. <laughs> am I old now? Is this what's going on is this is this old age? hold on a second i'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave before i i can I can see this one you're gonna see me have a mental breakdown today. Welcome to the show <laughs> Wait a second
1: I can't see it. It's very small
0: I mean don't strain your eyes if you're
1: let me see. talk
0: i can't i'm focused <laughs> don't, i don't think it works i if can't you're...
1: it used to work like this i swear to you because that's how you get unfocused i can do it now it all looks like broccoli to me <laughs> is it broccoli tell me if it's broccoli
0: <laughs> something is very weird happening with my eyes hold on a second it's broccoli it's b- broccoli
1: broccoli and Cedric is like, ah, my eyes.
0: <laughs> Wait a second. I have to figure this out.
1: He is really trying very hard. Maybe your sunglasses don't allow you to see it. Maybe without sunglasses it's better because you don't focus.
0: Wait, I see it. What is it? It's an airplane. It's an airplane. I can see it. It's
1: an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Devon said, oh, airplane. Is it like I made this one out?
0: Yeah, it's it's pointing in this direction. So it, oh, you can't see my cursor. It's I The end see. of the airplane is here. This is the nose of the airplane and the wings are going this way.
1: No idea. I'm broken. <laughs>
0: Bye. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking. David. He says, I still have my youth. I'm not old yet. Let's see if we can get two out of two. That <laughs> We're not counting all the ones that we couldn't see before, right? No. Let's see if he beats
1: me to it. Why are there two two red dots there?
0: I think, um, um I think that that's basically to help you. You just sorry for moving it, but okay, I'm gonna put it back. Let's focus. I think this is to help you move, or I don't know to help you see it. I mean, I did read that it's a skull, by the way.
1: Why did you see it? They say it. I
0: accidentally read that it's a, it's it says here right. Uh-huh. It says, "Do you see the skull?" I
1: don't see it. I don't see anything. Pass, pass to the next topic.
0: Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I see it.
1: You see it? Where is it?
0: It's coming together. I think I think it's on this side of the frame.
1: <laughs> I, her look is like this. Is so weird.
0: It is weird. Welcome to the weirdness. <laughs>
1: Uh oh oh oh!
0: <laughs> come on, come on, let's ha- let's do it.
1: Maybe, maybe. Power your brain. <sighs> no.
0: No, my eyes stopped working. <laughs> 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 I can't see anything. <laughs> Wait a second.
2: Hi.
1: This is a very tasty Pepsi. Not a sponsor. Manga. Non sponsor, sadly. My mom is gonna ask me again, why are you doing drinking Pepsi?
0: (laughs) Hold on, I'm gonna fill the frame.
1: One percent juice. (laughs) I mean,
0: that's more than I expected, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Mango Pepsi. I I usually
0: expect zero juice when I'm drinking Pepsi. This is mango Pepsi. Oh, look, it was completely on the other side. It was right here.
1: You were just your brain was making it up.
0: (laughs) I was saying it here, I swear. Maybe there's two. I mean, look, proven, proving, proven from the, from the in Zinstax episode, people love to watch me struggle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, her look is, I could see the plane, but this one I can't find the shape. Yeah, L- no, Lol, no. I wish someone look at me the way Jimmy looks at Stereo. <laughs> 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 With, me too. <laughs> what?
0: Hold on. Let's see this one.
1: I'm joking.
0: Let's see. I mean, because this one, it looks like the ones that I'm used to. When I was a kid, my aunt had a bunch of these and one had dolphins and it looked the same colors, like the same patterns as this. And yeah, I immediately see it. Yeah, this is a good one. I immediately Wait, see this tricycle. Anything. Don't say anything. It says on the text, you can read it. Right. It's a tricycle. All right? but right. You can. You're you can st- fun. You can still try to see the tricycle. I can't.
1: Now my brain makes it up.
0: No, no, no. So let's see. Come on boys, let's do this. Devin had a look. I want you to give it a try if you want.
1: So polite.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I noticed half midway half the sentence. Why am I bossing people around? I'm just encouraging. Okay, don't 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 misunderstand me. It's a cool tricycle.
1: I don't see it. I'm sad.
0: Yeah, it's it's going in the left direction. So the back two wheels are on this side and the front wheel are here and it has the pedals. All right, I'm going to give you a little bit more. No. You're looking at it too close. Yeah, right? This one is good. It is really good, this one.
1: Can you point again where things are? All
0: right, so let me double check. Okay, so this is the front wheel here. Mm. And the back two wheels are here. And the steering thingy is here.
1: I think I cannot see it, but not super clear. Anyhow, I'm old.
0: Uh, yeah I mean like I can I can move my eyes around the frame and and I can actually see it kind of like move side to side uh, I'm answering to to Devin. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, it's it, you kind of have to i guess relax like once you once you find it just relax and I think um because I have uh stigmatism mm. so I think I have a
1: but you are corrected for stigmatism yeah, with but your if glasses.
0: I, yeah, but I think if naturally uh, my eyes are, yeah, I, I I can still see it without the that's glasses. Cool. So
1: Dustin, <laughs> is like, lol, plot twist is nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it is actually, you can see it. Anyways, that's enough of that.
1: Yeah, Xiaomi saying, remember? But I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, it was her the one that showed you. Yeah,
0: sh- I I don't see her message in the chat.
1: Oh, now she took it away. I saw it for a moment.
0: Yeah, Sham is. uh Well, she she's probably watching late. Then she heard me saying that uh, I used to see her see them at her place. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, I remember you had a dolphin one, and you had oh there was a there was one that was really cool. It was a it was a tree trunk that had fallen and a uh, b- few deers jumping around and uh, it, it was red and yellow and brown so it looked like the whole forest was on fire Oh, cool! it was my, one of my favorite pictures growing up and I used to just like she had them framed so I would just like take it and sit and like just w- look at it for, for a yeah, long time
1: yeah I, I used to have a book of them actually cool yeah probably somewhere at my parents place
0: right so uh, anything else we wanted to get into today
1: um, I think that was all for today, actually. We look at our photographer of the week and our photos of the week, and we gave away a camera
0: yeah actually. i I think i'm um, I'm assuming that our winner is in a play, in a part of the world where it's night time now because I still haven't got a response. um but I sent a message. I'm guessing if they don't respond in three days
1: we draw it again I guess we
0: draw again and then uh, we contact the next person but we just do it
1: yeah locally lo- I mean we don't have to
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that concludes that uh, it was so fun
1: it was fun I'm very happy that the video did really nicely I'm really looking forward to put on more videos yeah because we've been shooting quite a lot we have not shown the results should but, uh, I
0: should I talk about this one that I'm holding if, in my hand if you want because this one is a tricky one so we shot Eva shot this film that I'm holding here we shot a video for it
1: which made me happen this
0: Is yeah she's crying about walking around for half an hour with Dinar Z. come on it, it hurts <laughs> I thought you go to the gym and practice. And
1: I do, but yeah, I don't
0: know. Yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll just tell you what it is. It's a Rolly CR200. So it's an expired roll of uh, uh, Rolly CR, which is uh, color reversal. That's what CR stands for. Uh, and it's basically like slide film.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's expired in 2001. Uh, but it was in the fridge. Wait, 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 wait. No. Sorry, I can't read. Uh, it's expired in 2016 and um yeah we already shot it and we're just waiting to develop it um it's because the slide it's taking its time to to get developed um but we also we also shot uh, some cine 50d and vision 3200d on the same day i'm still working on those photos yes uh, and then when i'm done with them i'll put the video together um because yeah, I'm am trying to make sure that I kind of like match the colors. I'm thinking, you know what I'm thinking? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of making the video showing the the straight up inversion. So like w- when if you if you're using Negative Lab Pro, whenever you hit Control Left. N yeah. and you do convert, and you get without any adjustments how what it looks, mm-hmm. because I feel it's important to 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 show that. Uh, uh okay bye dustin thank you thank you for joining us today um
1: thank you so much hope to see you back
0: uh what was i saying yeah i think it's important to see how much work goes into a photo to look the way it looks even though because a lot of people think it's straightforward a lot of people talk about you know i don't
1: get the colors i want why yeah. does it look like this
0: tim is not here today but he i i shared some a lot of the photos with him we shared a lot of the photos with him when the role that you shot because we got it from him it was like okay here's what 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 it looked like
1: you want me to send you the contact print
0: and the contact you, sheet the contact sheet i i think i have it on my computer
1: oh yeah you do i think
0: <laughs> yeah because that's where you exported it. all right it's uh, on, the di- on, the on the desktop yeah i'm looking for it did i delete it why did i delete it oh no these chronic
1: are, fish is saying can we do a vlog on infrared film at some point
0: uh, yeah, I actually shot a roll of infrared.
1: Without infrared in it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, is this the 250D? Uh, did you make one for the 50D?
1: No, because you haven't finished. When I did that, you had not finished your edits.
0: Yeah. All right. So, it's a sneak peek. Um, yeah. Uh, I, so We
1: we changed the edit since this one. So yeah, so...
0: This is the, uh, the roll, Eva's contact sheet. This is the 250D. And, I, and they look all right here now that I'm looking at them. But again, this is what you what we you shared with Tim the first time, or this is the second edit? No, this
1: is the first edit. So this
0: is the first edit. And it changed a lot since, since not a lot, but a, a bit. And, um, and a lot of times, like photos would look different from one point to the other. So like you're standing over here, take a photo, because have, the light is different. And yeah, you would have some color cast, and you go somewhere else, and you have completely different color cast. So in some photos you have a lot of magenta, in some other photos you have a lot of cyan. And here's what I think. I think, I mean, I love Negative Lab Pro. It's not a, it's not a criticism. It's not. Yeah. Um, it, it's. I think. It's. It's a software after all, and it's gonna determine. So, or it's stuff. gonna read the image because we see when you click invert. It looks at the photo and it determines a lot of points in the photo. And these are the highlights, these are the shadows, these are the main color points. I don't know how it works, but it analyzes the photo and then it gives you something out of it, right? And uh, yeah, b- but I think then you have to correct. Um, uh, and uh, Andrew is saying that Negative Lab Pro isn't really. Uh, neutral i rarely get what i want from it it doesn't like how it doesn't like low and digital cameras Mm. you know i've heard a lot of stuff about about people having issues with negative lab pro and uh and i and i've had a lot of issues with it i even went back to doing it completely manually in photoshop and i get great great results that way but i'm also once i learned how to use negative lab I'm learning, I'm finding that I get m- what I want much faster. I easier, don't have the yeah. same amount of control, but it's just, I think the workflow really plays a role. So mm-hmm. like, you really have to go through the uh, exposure mode, like presets, let's call them, mm-hmm. that they have. So they have the cinematic ones and then they have the lab ones and then the linear ones. Mm-hmm. And for after you hit analyze, I never do batch anymore. Um, after you hit analyze on the photo, you have to determine that like mm, this photo it maybe this the cinematic doesn't work for example I'm have, I have to go Yeah lab. it's
1: not it really there's no one setting that works for all yeah. yeah
0: because some photos have a lot of ex- like when whenever it, the initial inver- inversion happens there is a lot of exposure mm-hmm. so when it's, and if you're in the lab settings lab settings tend to boost uh, exposure so I would then go to linear And then if linear is still too much, then I go to cinematic. Because cinematics gives you the lowest white point. uh, And lab gives you the highest white point. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then if my black point is not there, for example, uh, if I want more contrast, like this kind of contrast that kind of wraps around the the shapes, kind Mm -hmm. of like defines the edges, then I would go to something like linear gamma or linear deep or cinematic rich. Um, with With the lab ones, I only use standard or soft. I rarely use other things. And then from there, you have to do your adjustments before you even touch the color. You know, like the, the photo is still probably looking like a complete blue mess <laughs> at this point. Everything is zero in the, in, the, in the corrections. And then you jump into the corrections and uh, the color corrections. I usually go through them really quickly. I used to just go neutral or warming or, or you know, or cooler or whatever. I rarely ever use them again. Uh, I really find, you know, that if I just move the white balance sliders by myself Mm -hmm. to get an approximate idea of what I want and then, boom, I jump into the mid shadows and highlights. And I added there another tip. I don't know which version you have on the latest version or at least the one that I have. Um, You have in the highlights and the shadows, you have a range slider. I usually keep it at one or two. So I'm really only affecting the highlights or the shadows. I find that negative lab, whenever whenever you have it, it comes default on five. And I feel on five, it's actually kind of overspilling into different parts of the image. So I keep it at one or two. And then I, when I make the correction that I want, I, I move it a little bit and see, okay, it's going too much. Or, oh, I actually like it more at five. For example, it's like, I'm not being, I'm not able to reach my mids unless I reach them from the, overspilling highlights mm-hmm. or something like that so you have to see it's 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 a bit of work but i feel like i'm able to to get um those results faster mm-hmm. especially with the contrast especially with the with the levels uh with photoshop color work is much easier but then i have pro i have issues getting my Contrast levels, where I want them, it's it's more complicated than than negative lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin is saying I I'm almost hundred percent cinematic rich or linear deep. Yeah, cinematic rich is one of the ones I I use a lot. I also use the the log and flat. I like the flats actually. Yeah, like and the, then
1: maybe I bring up a little bit of the contrast myself. My
0: sliders look crazy after I use this the, the flat one they're like all the way maxed out in some of them it's like no this shouldn't look good but it does i just go crazy with it to see what it looks like and sometimes using the flat and then pushing your sliders a lot uh, was going to get you a a similar result to the rich or to the deep or gamma
1: or in between if you want
0: Uh, yeah but just right before it and so if i want to decrease the contrast from what i'm getting with those heavier ones I feel like coming back from not... Mm, from no a lot
1: of contrast to no contrast, or less <clears throat> contrast, yeah. It's worse than...
0: Yeah, so I what I was trying to say is going from flat to more contrasty to me sometimes feel better than...
1: From uh, contrasty f- to flat, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. But
0: it's not always. A lot yeah. of the times it's actually turning off some of the contrast on the contrasty ones. Um, uh, what is that? Okay, so uh, Andrew is saying the negadoct- Negadoctor module from dark table, let you set your black and white uh, point and neutralize the colors. To me, it gives better starting point. Yeah, I played around with dark table as well. And uh, I tried it out. And it's really cool. I, I was actually pleasantly uh, surprised by how it works. And uh, I, I enjoyed working with it. And um, but the rest of these, the application is so alien to me. I've never used it before. I've never used... the uh, What's the other application? Affinity? No, 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 no. Uh, I think Darktable is a... It's either the same or a very similar to the other one. The, what's the free alternative to Photoshop? GIMP? Yeah. So I think are they're very similar. Mm-hmm. They both are very confusing to me uh, because sometimes i click things and they don't respond how i expect them to respond mm. and i and if i try to so the the, the uh mega uh, doctor um module and mm. dark table actually is usable um and it works you just basically open it i can actually give you an example now do you want to get into this um no she's just like no looking at me what, what are you doing um yeah, you just like take your cursor and you draw basically squares. So you tell... you It's kind of like using the dropper tool in Photoshop when you want to set your black and mids and highs. But then you also do that um, for for your negative. For the conversion. And mm-hmm. the software does the conversion itself. So you tell it basically, this is where I want my Interesting. highlights. <laughs> and it's really cool to work with it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, since I already have Photoshop, I use Photoshop. And... Um, with Photoshop, I do, uh, if you hold down, I think it's either option or control. I don't know what it is on Windows uh, button. And you use your uh, curves. Then you see as you move your black and white points, you see what you're clipping. Um, so it, it kind of like gives you like a like a completely red screen or blue screen to show you your clipping points. And uh, I, I, like, I like working that way because I also, the rest of the application, works perfectly for me. I know how to use it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can do the same stuff on GIMP and the dark table. I just I've I found it confusing and harder to work with because I'm used to Photoshop. Um, and from there I can really play around with my image. Like I can apply different color balances to different parts of the image using masks and stuff like that. And again, there's you know it could be a controversial thing. Excuse me, but I I think to me, I have made my piece about editing photos the way that I do. Uh, if I'm working for a client, I will do whatever it takes to make the photo the way they like it. I don't care if I liquefy or remove things or like Photoshop images. Uh, take the subject from one image to the other because I got better expression in one, but the better background in another one, mm-hmm. HDR, anything they want. Anything I have to do to make the photo good for a client, I will do that if it's paid work, if it's commercial work, stuff like that. Uh, for my work, I try not to take these habits with me. So I'm not removing anything. I don't even remove dust, uh, hardly. <laughs> I, I ever, Like even duster hairs that don't exist on negative. They were literally on the scan. So they're not a part of the negative. Sometimes I would keep them there. Uh, I would just focus on the colors uh, and make sure that I use the tools that I have to get the image that I had in mind when I took the photo. I think that's the most important thing. I think I I think this is good advice uh, for everybody who's starting out uh, or struggling with getting their results. Remember that all of these are tools to help you get what you want. So if you use whatever software silverfast or epson scan or whatever that have gives you these automatic don't get too hung up on that if you if you if you're shooting kodak and there's a button in your software that says kodak and you click it and then these this is what i get i think this is not really helpful because you're gonna really you know get frustrated trying to trying to like do something in the camera or the development or the lighting or the exposure to get what you think you should be getting while it might be impossible because Mm. what you have in mind includes post-processing or a specific way yeah yeah. so it's like you know you see some influencers or famous photographers stuff like getting certain results with with uh, with portrait and stuff like that and you're never able to match them in camera that doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong It means that they're probably, they're most probably uh, editing their photos. Of course. You know,
1: everyone edits their photos.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people are upfront about it. You know, Uh, there's um, like Willem Verbeek is a really famous photographer on YouTube. uh, And you probably know who he is. And I think he really has nice, um, nice, nice, uh, yeah, nice colors. Like the colors and the tones he has on his photos. Like if you look on the ones he did in, uh, what's the place in the north? Sval- svalbard, svalbard his latest zine
1: he also shot digital there
0: uh did he i don't know i think, I think so uh, most of the photos i think they were with the rz mm-hmm. which i'm surprised it didn't die on him i think it did a few times um uh, if you look at these photos they're very well like they're, they're really good looking the everything is so clean it almost looks like uh Yeah, I don't know how to express it. But what I'm trying to say he was also upfront about it that he edits his photos there's he actually has a video on YouTube from a while back um, showing that after he inverts, he takes the photo into Lightroom and he does a lot of edits with it. Um, A lot of other photographers do that I think Nick Carver is one of the photographers who uh, I I also really like I actually really like uh, his work and his videos. He's one of my I think he's my favorite channel on YouTube. <laughs> uh, but, uh, more
1: Smarter Every Day?
0: Smarter Every Day? What about him?
1: You like him too a lot?
0: Yeah, but. You not... a
1: photographer? Okay. Yeah, but uh, among
0: my favorite channels, Smarter Every Day is up there, but it's not like top one. What do we say is top one? I don't know. What is discussing, know. this discussion? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Mark uh, Rover. Mark Rover is really good. Yeah, but what was I saying is that um a lot of people might you know, if you like Nick's work and you think, like, he doesn't really edit the photos, but he also does, like, sometimes he's shooting and he wants it to he look... He
1: does edit his photos.
0: Yeah, because he makes a point about it and, uh, the, and that it's, like, doesn't like to edit so much, but he's... Don't get it confused. He does work on the colors. and Of course. He does talk about it, and in a lot of videos he shows you how much he edits Like, there's a video on how to use Silverfast. And you see, see him doing adjustment in Silverfast and then taking it to Lightroom and making more adjustment there. But again, I think the point that he usually makes is that he doesn't go for these crazy, popular... Or, or changes the uh, changes. scene. He's
1: true to himself and he does the edit that he fi- fits best for the creative vision that he has for that image. Exactly. But like, don't get mistaken. Every photographer that personally takes care of the process from negative to picture... Everyone has to color edit their pictures.
0: Especially with negative film. You know, if you're, sh- if you're shooting slide, you might keep it the way yeah, it is. Maybe slide, I, yeah, maybe slide. Yeah. Again, it depends. Like, so for example, if I'm using my mirrorless to scan my slide,
1: you might have to do some uh, HDR type of thing. I might have to it. do
0: HDR. I might have, to, I, I need to nail the white balance in camera. Yeah. Because if my white, white balance is not accurate to the light, you know, who, who's there? Like, who knows uh, how is it supposed to be seen? Because the depending on the temperature of your projection light is gonna change. Yeah, of course. You know, and I'm sure back in the day there are standard bulbs, so yeah. these films were made to be used with projectors. But we're using LEDs. Yeah. You know, and LEDs have variations. They have color shifts and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So don't get too hung up on not editing your photos. Uh, learn how to edit. Practice. Check out everything. Check out Darktable. Negative Lab Pro is good but it's not the end like uh the only solution, the only solution yeah. i like using photoshop a lot um if i'm not in a hurry um and uh dark table is if you if you if you know how to use it there's a bunch of tutorials online uh i didn't get myself to watch many of them <laughs> but uh yeah maybe maybe one day i will uh, look into it more and because i'm interested in doing comparisons i really wanted to go back to uh chronic fish comment before we uh, sum up I hope she's still there um, uh, can we do a vlog on infrared film yes uh, I would love to do that I would love to shoot infrared film but I don't have a filter yeah. so <laughs> we need to get the filter and we need to get a filter and I'm not sure which one to get uh, if
1: the size you mean
0: yeah I'm not sure if, I, if, if we should because we have so many different cameras and so many different f- filter threads and i want to be able to like get a filter that i can use with the most
1: then better and then step down rings
0: yeah what
1: bigger and then step down rings. yeah
0: but i again i'm not super happy about step down rings no yeah i i, I like the filter holders especially that we oh. can like use it with the with anything then hmm. um but these are expensive and i have a lot of other things to buy uh, but yeah we I, we want to do that and we want to do I have a really cool idea for uh, trichrome uh, infrared. (laughs) People have done videos on it. It's not earth shattering. People have already done it. But I have to take it further a few steps. So a lot of cool infrared and uh, trichrome stuff are coming, hopefully. But uh, yeah, I have a lot of cool ideas that I want to do.
1: The list of possible videos in our uh, document is so long. <laughs> it's
0: just that I'm not complaining. We're so uh, so happy that we have a l- suddenly we have a lot of work to do. Yeah. With photography stuff and uh, no. yeah. A yeah. lot of times we're stressed between jobs.
1: This week is crazy.
0: This week, how many shoots have you got this week? Five. Five. Yeah. yeah. We have yeah. one. I mean, tomorrow. the thing is
1: that the, the time between shoots is not really free time. You have to. You edit. have to work and edit. You have to edit <laughs> <laughs> and you have to. <laughs>
0: Yeah. so yeah but yeah uh we're not complaining we're so happy about that um, but it's just that it's kind of affecting how much we can uh, put stuff on youtube mm-hmm. but uh i i think we're gonna have a nice rhythm eventually uh, especially i'm excited that i'm switching back from premiere to final cut <laughs> i still haven't edited anything uh, I've, I've done some test stuff on final cut and it's so much nicer to work with
1: good the tool that is best is the tool that works for you that's basically it same with the camera (laughs) the best camera is the one that works for you and you have with you
0: (laughs) exactly exactly i think uh, i don't remember who talked about this before about the mamiya rb and i i think it was um how was it it was somebody on youtube i was like i heard them talk about it and i was like that's so true uh what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Devin, you can help me probably. I think he's one of the photographers that YouTubers in the server. Uh he's in South Africa.
1: Oh, sheepskin?
0: William William Sheepskin. Um he did an RB video, I think. It was I think it was him who who said that. He was saying that when he first got that camera, um he he his photography kind of took a hit. I hope I'm not confusing it with somebody else, but it was somebody who had an RB. Uh, they Their photography took a took a hit because of how cumbersome the camera was to deal with. It was heavy and, you know, you dealt with the RB. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's true. I was like, that is ex- so true. It uh, is true. Like, I basically jumped from the Olympus EM10 to the Mamiya RB67. That, so the Olympus EM10, I can't show it. To, I mean, I can't show it to you but it's like super tiny it fits in my palm it's smaller than my palm it's a beautiful camera with image stabilization silent shutter digital camera of course and i i love this camera it's one of still my favorite camera um and and it's basically weightless and you, you i you always have it wherever i go i have it on my neck or on my shoulder and never feel it and then went to an rb which is super heavy super bulky super loud there's no way like you have to be a ninja to take a photo unnoticed with an rb and i'm basically at the time i was a very sneaky street photographer uh <laughs> you know and then going to that it's it it was a very very different experience mm-hmm. and the amount of angles that i was able to get with the tilt screen of the em10 uh you know it it tilts only up and down so it's a photographer's camera not a video camera with the with the with a, A screen that flips out, and for photography, I definitely prefer the the one that tilts like this because it keeps the silhouette of the camera smaller. Yeah, you can't get so much work with vertical stuff, but for for most part, you're doing a lot of work. And I found that instantly, there was so many photos that I couldn't take anymore. There was so still to this day, even though I got good using the the RB. there's still many photos that I can't take with that I'm able to take with the EM10. Of course, so fo- yeah, exactly. So I never take the RB out anymore. Like it's basically now I ju- we just use it as a Polaroid camera because we have the Polaroid back for it, and it really gives you really good Polaroid. For me, paying how much I have to pay for Polaroid film, um, I feel better shooting it with a RB. Mm-hmm. than shooting it with a with a normal polaroid camera i i'm i learned enough how to get decent consistent exposures uh, i have a flash for it that works i just set it to f5.6 and at a ported distance it gives me perfect exposures every time uh, the flash mm-hmm. and so i figured it out and it works for me but i never take it out it's never gonna be uh, like my street camera for that i use the rz and you might be thinking well you know that's how is that makes sense the rz it's not because it's lighter or anything it's lighter with the viewfinder on so if you have the eye level viewfinder the rz um, one is made of plastic i think or she uh, aluminum uh, It's metal yeah so it's not as heavy the one uh, of the rb is made from vibranium mm-hmm. or i don't know what it is it's super heavy it's like heavier than the camera and it doesn't meter it doesn't give you that like auto exposure function and i like the ability of the cameras that i have that i can basically have a medium format camera that i just focus and shoot and it take care of the exposure so if i want to take quick photos and i don't necessarily want to rely on sunny 16 uh, then i use the rz Um, otherwise i use the fuji sunny 16 or any of the other medium formats with no automatic functions for metering so, yeah, the RB, as much as I really wanted to get it, and basically I really wanted to get it because I was hyped for Blood, but I couldn't afford it at the time. Uh, no way. <laughs> the, and the, I was like, okay, I can afford an, R, an RB. And I got it, but I definitely, my photography took a hit with it. Uh, if you're a portrait photographer sitting in a studio or if you're taking landscapes and stuff like that, sure, it works. Uh, but for what I do, It was, it was, it was not necessarily like, I don't ask people in the street for their photos. Um, Like, for example, uh, William Sheepskin, he actually talks to people and asks them for their photos. That's not my style. I actually just take the photo. Um, I don't do portraits. I just take like the whole scenery. Um, You can see me use the RZ in one of our videos. If you see, if you want to see how I use it. You
1: can use me. Did you see me using the RV in one of
0: the videos? Oh yeah, you did use the RV, but Sorry. you had it on a tripod. You were no.
1: Uh, actually, I did.
0: No, actually, did you Uh-oh. have it on a tripod?
1: No. Or
0: we no. had a tripod with us. I don't know if you used it, but like you were taking your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like focusing, changing. You know, your... I take my time. Yeah. <laughs> with the with the RZ, I just basically point and shoot, uh, and I love what I get with it. Uh, but yeah, I have no idea how we got here. Um, thank you for the five people who are still watching uh, but yeah we we got on here to talk about I mean we're looking at these images that Eva took um, and again like they look different now some of them um, and the point of the story was like you know edit your photos uh, you know especially if you're shooting film you're spending money on it and you know don't just think that It's a one click thing. It's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Like this photo, for example, it looks nice. I like the cast that it has, but we ended up making it look completely different. Uh, And yeah, so yeah, I'll probably put them, put them side to side uh, in the video, or at least some of them. I will show you how they looked when I first clicked invert and the final image uh, that you're looking at post edit. I think that would be cool and informative. But yeah, I think, I think that's it. I was looking at the, last time I looked at the time, we were l- less than an hour, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, we're gonna finish up soon. Like we're gonna get. Well, it's gonna be a short one." And now I'm looking at the time again, and it's almost two hours. <laughs> that's what happens. Uh, well, so for you who's watching, I woke up during, <laughs> during the, the episode, so I'm super chatty now. Uh, but uh, yeah, this, this thing is very strong it Mm. has 200 milligrams of caffeine
1: ready for the day
0: usually my thoughts run faster than i can talk today my speech is running faster than i can think (laughs) so if i said a lot of stupid stuff you know why (laughs) anyways uh i think that's it for today thank you everybody for watching
1: Mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us and being with us in this uh, important day in our first giveaway
0: yeah, you look exhausted i'm sorry
1: <laughs> it's okay i mean i had the vaccine this morning so oh maybe you know.
0: did the second shot nice yeah is your shoulder in pain
1: they both hurt because of the gym so i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right well everybody enjoy the rest of your week see you soon yeah, and next uh,
1: tuesday same time oh actually we can now announce Maybe that next Tuesday we have a... We have a guest. Let's have not have say who it is. Yeah, we, we have a li- guest. Keep, we're going to have a live guest. Keep uh, tuned because we're going to put out some... Uh, to get some questions for this guest. And yeah. And I somebody hope everyone you, can join it's it. It's good. It's
0: possible somebody you know.
1: Probably. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> See you next, next week. Season. Bye.
0: Bye.